Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett. And today we are at part two of the Brian Kurtz interview. If you haven't listened to part one yet, go back and listen to it. Brian is a wealth of knowledge in the world of business, growth, marketing, copywriting, the whole whole shebang. And he's actually really interesting to, to talk to and listen to. And the man can talk and he can write. I think in the whole about 60 minutes total that we did, we have to cut it up into two, two bits for you guys. I think I spoke for about four minutes the whole time and I speak a lot myself. So to say that, he was absolutely amazing. We cover off on not only copywriting, business building, but we cover off of some real key principles and foundations that every business owner needs. Right? We also share a bit about his book, Over Deliver, and how you can get access to it too. Now. As always, if you need any help with your marketing, if you need any help with your strategy and online uh, tactics and where you're going, just head over to www.freeusb.com.au. That's AU for all my American friends, and we'll got you covered, right? But until then, let's jump into the episode. I'll see you in there. A couple of things that I also noticed in um, in the book and like recurring themes, and obviously I got to um, uh, we got to I got to meet you when I went to my mentor Ben Simpkins Mastermind over in New York, which was amazing, and um, a lot of things. And it's funny I think in the online industry where I know a lot of things that you uh, reference is all like you you reference your 100 and, 100 and zero principle and things like that, which is around connections and relationships. And you said it before, not everything is a revenue event, but it is a relationship event. Some people I find, and I've been uh, guilty of this in the past, is where we're, we're working online. So it's very easy to get insular and you're like, cool, it's just me in the big wide world. But a lot of the things that I see and I hear and you know, you get to share and promote uh, many people's works and have many mentors and, and connections out there is from getting out there and building those relationships. So can you tell a little, just share a little bit about that, that 100 and 0 principle? And I've got a couple other questions down that line as well. Yeah, um, the 100 zero is something I learned originally at Landmark Forum, but then I've seen it play out. And, and so I think I started the, this is the last chapter of my book. And I started, I started the chapter with the, I think I said, I hate networking. I hate the word networking, but I like the concept of contributing and then connecting. And, you know, it's, 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 it's based on like, I don't think you choose your mentors. I believe your mentors choose you. And how do they choose you? By you giving a hundred zero to them, uh, to people that you want to be around, that you want to uh, contribute to, they might contribute back. They might, you know, want to give you something in return for what you give them. But you can't do. You have to do it without expectation. You have to do it without an expectation of return. It's difficult sometimes because you know you're giving of yourself and you're giving of, you know, the stuff that, you know, and and a lot of people are, you know going to take they're not going to give so and then you have to identify the takers and eventually weed them out but you still want to give a hundred zero to everybody and then figure out you know who i should continue to give to in adam grant's book givers and takers uh, uh give and take he says there are givers takers and matchers matchers are people who said you do for me i do for you 50 50 and he says the most unsuccessful people in business are givers but then he says the most successful people are also givers. It's how you give. And so you give 100-0 to a point, but you give 100-0, and what comes back is amazing. And you also have to do 
it's serendipitous too. So if I give to you a hundred zero and I don't hear from you and I get something out of the blue from someone else who, you know, I didn't give, I, I anticipate, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not religious, but I'm pretty spiritual and I believe in serendipitous uh, giving. And, and so I'm, I'm, I just think it's a, a better way to live than figure out, you know, uh, quid pro quo and I got to get from you and you got to get from me. I've never used the term, I'll meet you halfway, for instance, because that doesn't work for me. Um, and so that's a really, uh, it's such an important concept to, for everything in business. Now, I, I tend to get taken advantage of in a negotiation. I'm not a good negotiator, but you know, I'm okay, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not looking to get every last penny. I'm not looking to, you know, to get every last advantage. And I think it's, you know, over 40 years, I have a, I have a, I have a, basis for saying that it's it served me very well i have what i call a relationship capital account that has had compound interest over many many years and the only way that you get you know interest on your relationships is to keep giving and then you know the stuff comes back but it may not come back right away so mm. that's the basic concept of 100 zero i have a lot of um interesting stories in, in the last chapter of my book that illustrate a lot of different ways to develop your relationship capital. I have a couple of, you know, big mistakes I made where, you know, I, I didn't practice what I was preaching. Like I, I have one story. I was at a, one of the most amazing events, the Bensavenga 100, which was a, a fantastic event. Gary Bensavenga is probably the best living copywriter. He's kind of retired, but, um, was really acknowledged as the best copywriter. And he did an event when he was retiring to just sort of give away everything that he ever taught and everything that he ever knew. And it was, every, it was a who's who of, of <clears throat> copywriters. And I remember at that event, I, um, it was on May 20th and 21st. That's what I remember. And um, May 20th is my birthday. So um, I went the first day and that night, you know, they had a dinner, but I left because I went to go to the, Mets Yankees game, which is a baseball game for, yeah, for yeah. Australians, and it's a big rivalry game. And I went to the baseball game, and uh, for the first time ever at a baseball game, I caught a foul ball. And um, so the next day, I, I I went around that event and got the ball signed by every copywriter that you know. The, every copy, Gary Halbert was there, and Jim Punkry was there, and David Deutsch was there. I mean, it was just a who's who of copywriters and creative talent. I got everybody to sign the baseball and then I presented it to Gary in the afternoon. And year, a couple of years later, I told the story in my blog and I got a, a, a young, not that young, a copywriter wrote back to me. He goes, I love the story. I was there. And I have to admit that, you know, when you walk through the crowd getting those autographs, you looked at me, sized me up and then walked past me. Now, I didn't know the guy. He was kind of, more of a rookie back then, but I didn't ask him who he was. I didn't, you know, make the, I made the assumption that if I didn't know him, that he couldn't have been a great copywriter. Now he wasn't necessarily, uh, should he have signed the ball? Probably not. But I realized that, you know, in, in my haste to do this, I passed somebody over and you realize that I, I you know, I, I've passed, I'm sure I've passed many, many people over 
when I, you know, go through a crowd or I, I, I get introduced to somebody who I've met twice and I make believe I've never met him because I don't remember. And so, you know, that's a human fallacy, I know. And it's something that, you know, every human being goes through. But I, I was made aware of it by this guy. And it was really important because you can't be perfect. But being told when you miss something is also really important. And if I'm going to be in, in my life for, you know, for as long as I live to be someone who recognizes those around me, 100-0, those around me uh, as everybody's got, you know, everybody knows everything about this much. And so everybody has something to offer. And if I, you know, pass those people over, at least if I'm made aware of it, I can, you know, be, con be more conscious and be more aware. So, you know, I have stuff like that in, in the last chapter, which, you know, it's not all rosy in, in, the, in the world, in, in my world. It's, it's, you know, it's a lot of pressure to, to stay on top of things. And I'm, I'm very appreciative. I was very, very appreciative of this guy because he said he wasn't angry. But, you know, I said, thank you for letting me know because that was really important. So now I have that in the back of my mind and I can relate it here and I can tell you about it and tell your audience about it so that they can be, if they're playing 100-0, but they miss out on an opportunity, that they'll be aware of it. So I have a lot of stuff like that in the last chapter that's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of interesting because I, I kind of pieced together. Uh, I, I think the uh, last chapter is called Playing the Long Game. And mm. it's, it's really all about, you know, you only go through life once, so you might as well be the world's best. And to, you, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to, you know, screw some things up, but you can, you can be the world's best, even if you're, if you're missing, missing, missing something. Yeah. I love that. And, uh, I, there was, an, there was another part, I can't remember if it was that chapter or maybe it was one or two before, um, around the, the mastermind dinners and things like that you guys did at boardroom. And I think you said that there was like 150 of them that you, you ran or something like that alongside um, Marty Edelstein, which was awesome. And hearing that, and it's, it's been something that has been on my mind and I've heard a few people reference it and then that they do it and um and they like obviously everyone talks about the, the benefits of but can you give us a little bit of insight as to what that was like in in those days why did you guys do them what was the outcome you were looking for did you achieve that how did that kind of come about yeah so i i mean you know there is they are kind of they, they became famous as the boardroom dinners in the book i talk about them as intentional dinners mm -hmm. which is really uh because i think that's the key word everything you do in life whether it's, you know, make a business plan, launch a business, and even eat dinner. It's, it's to be intentional about everything that you do. So Marty Edelston, the founder of Boardroom, um, he created, he used to do, even before Boardroom, he used to do lunches in the city with people who were influential, people who he met, and he would sponsor these lunches and people would come together and he would develop a, a rapport with them and they'd all be from different areas of, of finance and health and all kinds of areas. And then when he launched Boardroom, he started these boardroom dinners, which were just incredible events where he would do all of the, um, uh, he would, you know, they would be amazing dinners with, with health experts, financial experts, uh, everybody who wrote for the publications. And 
it was just, they were just amazing. He did them in his apartment in the city. He had a, a maximum of 14 people. And then later on, after we moved out of, of New York City, we, um, we rented out the uh, Four Seasons restaurant in New York, and we had a room that we could accommodate 25 or 30 people. And so that was just an amazing, these amazing events that, and, and again, I hosted 150 of them with him and without him. And um, I learned so much by doing it. And, and there's a lot of different ways to do it. And I, I outlined the whole process of doing these dinners. And you have to have, you know, anywhere from 12 to, to uh, you know, maybe 25 people at them. And it's one long table. You, you set up the seating arrangement, you, but based on interest areas and stuff, you get, you, you, you introduce the people, you have them eat, and then everybody you have like one conversation around the table after dinner and everybody shares, you know, five or 10 minutes about their expertise. I said before, everybody knows everything about this much. And, um, well, some people at the dinners thought they knew everything about this much and then Marty had to cut them off. But, <laughs> but you know, they, they would just go around the table and just, it was, it was phenomenal. And then I, so again, I, I outlined the whole process, but the key is deep connections, deep um, you know, you're not just, you know, having a dinner, sit wherever you want, you know, do whatever you want. Don't have any idea of what the conversation will be. That's okay. I mean, if you're going to do nothing, you're going to do something that would be okay. But then if you can become very intentional about how you set up the dinner and how you set the conversation, it becomes so much more, uh, powerful. And then I have another in the book, I have another, uh, dinner that if you, I, when I go to a conference or a seminar, I call them the six-person intentional dinners. And what those are, are um, I got this from my friends, Ramit Sethi and, uh, and Michael Fishman, and they used to have these dinners. They had the same table. It had to be a quiet table. In the, and by the way, the boardroom dinners, you had to have it in a private room. You couldn't have a lot of noise, all of that. So I have all that outlined. But the six-person dinner, you had to have it in a either a private room or, or, or an area of a restaurant that was quiet. And with the way, the way Ramit and Michael did it is that each of them every month would invite two people that the other one didn't know. So you had then a dinner of six people that, <clears throat> that you know, uh, Michael knew two and Ramit knew two, but then they didn't even know. And so that became a dinner of just great minds coming together. And that was, just, and he had a lot of, you know, uh, key questions that you can ask at the dinner. And, and I have a few of those in the book, but those are great. And, and they're great. If you go to a conference or a seminar and you're looking around and say, you know, I'd love to host a little six person dinner tonight. So now of course, you know, I have my assistant find me a restaurant in that, wherever that area is. So I get a dinner. So I, I'm pressured, you know, I have a reservation for six. Um, and then I go find five people that I think would make for an interesting dinner. And that's a great way. And again, no, you have to pay for the dinner. You have no, um, there's no, I, I, uh, you have no um, ulterior motive then except mm -hmm. to have great conversation. Um, Lee Richter, who's a friend of mine, said something at the la my last mastermind meeting that I just, it, it resonated with me. She says she walks into a room, when she walks into a room of people she never expects anything. And that's how you have to go into these, these dinners. You, you're not expecting anything, 
And by not expecting anything, you get a ton of stuff. And if you don't get a ton of stuff, but you get great information, that's, that's a ton of stuff. So it's not like, it's not like I got to make a deal here to pay for the dinner. That's not mm -hmm. how it works. So it's, it, but the dinners, again, I, I, as I said in the book, you know, you know, Marty was so intentional about everything that he did, even eating dinner. And it was, it was a phenomenal thing. And, and I, I gave a good outline of, of how to do them and why you should do them. And in fact, at the Titans of Direct Response event, I had a VIP program and the VIP program included a boardroom like dinner. And so, and then I invited a lot of the speakers and stuff. And it was very funny because the boardroom dinner had to be one long table and so you could have one conversation. And the funny thing was I was at one end of the table. Dan Kennedy was at the other end of the table and there were 65 people on both sides. So it was a 67. And then we didn't go around the whole table clearly. But, but then I used the opportunity to, to teach what the boardroom dinners would be if, you know, would be a lot smaller. And I, you know, I was waving to Dan at the other end of the table, but it was a really great story because it, it enabled me to, uh, teach the, 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 the idea of intentional dinners at the VIP event. And I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of those people do them these days because of, of what I, what I did there. So that was, that was interesting. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's uh, like, when I read, it, I was like, oh, I, I read about um, mastermind dinners and things in, in one, some other place. I can't remember where it may have been um, from something from um, Remit that you uh, no, mentioned I, before. I think Jason Gainyard wrote a book called mastermind dinners. That's the one. Yeah. I'm not saying I invented it or Marty invented it, um, but you know he has his own version of it. But yeah, it's, mm. it, it, it's he's it's really good um, what he does too. Yeah, awesome. And I'd love to just to share a little bit more about the um, the resources that you've got in the book as well, because I know like um, your team was very uh, gracious in letting me have a copy that I could read myself, so we could do it uh, do as great a job on the interview as we could. But when I was going before to get the link for the show notes, I was like scrolling through. I was like. This is just phenomenal. I was like, I have to go back up Amazon buy. I was like, I've got to get all the, like, it just it was so good. The resources and things in there. And I loved it. Could you share a little bit more about what's in there and kind of why you've included some of, you kind of shared a little bit earlier, but yeah, I, I'd love I, to know I, so it's like, basically I, the reason why I, I did such a, a robust resource site for buying the book was, um, a book called over deliver. I guess I needed to over deliver. So, and I kept on, you know, figuring out what else I wanted to put on it. I mean, I could have put, you know, three of those things and it would have been enough, but I have 11 bonuses and it includes, I have the lost chapters of over deliver, which is everything I've written since the book went to press. So, and that was 170 mm -hmm. pages, which I guess oh, wow. I write too much, but it was, you know, <laughs> uh, but it was all the blog posts that I've done since the book was, was put to press, uh, put to bed. And then I've got, a swipe file of direct mail packages going back to 1900 and you know swipe files I talk about in the book how valuable they are um, mm -hmm. because you know you don't have you know stealing stealing is a felony but stealing smart is an art and you can steal smart from so many things for subject lines for headlines and so it doesn't matter the medium and just because it's direct mail packages there's amazing stuff in this swipe file from some of the best copywriters ever. And then I have, um, I have another swipe file that Dan Kennedy put together for the Titans event, specifically for that event. It's like 270 pages, and it's a PDF of, of all of that. I have um, the Ben Savanga Bullets, which was Gary Ben Savanga's um, uh, online e-letter 
and he allowed me to make a PDF of all of them, you know, off the internet, but putting them in one place so that people could have it in a in a PDF form. I have uh, the breakthrough advertising interviews, which were interviews with fourteen uh, direct response marketers who are, you know, just amazing people who were able to, you know, sit down and talk about breakthrough advertising, talk about Gene Schwartz, everything like that. I have. Um, Jay Abraham, who wrote the forward for the book, he has a course on that page, which is, you know, how to get to where you want to go. It, it cost him like $200,000 to put together. And wow. then the course isn't even being sold. And I have a digital version of that course, which is hours and hours of stuff. Plus, he, he gave me 21 keynote speeches he's given all around the world. And those are on the site. And I also have um, uh, Perry Marshall, who's an amazing marketer. Um, who I did a full day with him in 2013. It was a $2,500 a seat for one day, like a day with Perry Marshall. And I have a, a, I have a video, a digital version of that day. And he goes into some amazing stuff in, on that, on that uh, video. And I've got two PDFs of, of a full, of full books that you can't get. I mean, there are these two books. It's, they're both, uh, Two of the best books ever written on direct mail. One by Dick Benson, who I'm sure most of your people haven't heard of, but he's he was like the smartest guy in direct mail ever. And his book as a PDF, and Gordon Grossman, who's the guy who built the Reader's Digest, and his his book, which is Confessions of a Direct Mail Guy. And I have a PDF of those entire books on the site. There's a few more things I'm just trying to think, but there's it's an amazing site. It's overdeliverbook.com is 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 the uh, is the website. And you go there, you, you, you buy the book wherever you want to buy it, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, opens up a new window, you buy the book, you come back to the site with the order number, you opt in, and you get these 11 bonuses that are outstanding. So again, the reason for it was twofold. It was a book called Over Deliver should try to over deliver if you buy the book. And so I hope I did that. And then the other thing was in the, in the spirit of not just remembering the dead, but remembering the greats that are alive. It was a, it was a, an homage to my, my career and the people that I stand on the shoulders of that mean so much to me. So um, I got, you know, and I, I, people said, oh, you know, you could have given away half that and sold the rest. And, you know, I, I mean, I put six of, the six of the 12 videos from the Titans event on, on the site. That's another one of the bonuses. And they said, why are you giving that away? You know, your, your, your Titans, you have, I have old Titans package, which is like $2,000 and you're giving away, you know, half of the videos. I have a lot of other stuff in there too. I have swipe files in there too. And I, I said, you know, what the hell, you know, this is my book and it's, you know, my story and, and my way of, this is my, it's not a way of giving back. It's, it's my way of giving to mm -hmm. the people. If you, if you're going to read my book, I want you to have stuff to accompany it that will serve you as a marketer, as a, as a human being, as a, you know, as, you know, anybody who wants to learn from these amazing people. So uh, I'm very proud of it. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I, it, I'm, I'm not marketing my book free plus shipping and handling. So you have to buy the book at $17, but I made it thousands of dollars worth of bonuses to just, you know, really make it worthwhile. I mean, if, if you really, if anybody who's listening is 
doesn't have $17 for a book to get this and they still want to be on my list, they can go to briankurtz.me and there's another interview I did there and they can just opt in and not, not buy the book and not get all those bonuses. Why you wouldn't, I don't know, but if you don't have $17, you can still get on my list. So, No, I love it. And uh, I think that, that pretty much uh, wraps everything up in a neat little package. That was uh, amazing. And yeah, I, I've, I've read the book and I went back, I bought it, and I was going to buy it even if it didn't come with the bonuses. And when I went and saw that, I was just like, if you bought it, I would have said, there's, there's that's okay. so much there. Yeah. <laughs> No, I appreciate it. As I say, I, uh, I, I love it and I love everything that you do and share. So guys, just to reiterate, all the links will be that um, Brian shared will be in the show notes as well. So if you do want to um, check anything out, and I highly recommend just to get on that email list because the, uh, the, Sunday, the Sunday email is just uh, tremendous and it's, like, it's definitely one. And I have to, when Brian says he likes to write, I always have to star it because I'm like, I can't read this in like a minute. You actually have to be able to digest gold. it and go Different through it. Time, so much I, I gold do it at six AM Sunday morning US Eastern mm. time. So you probably get it at six PM mm. or something. Exactly. It's like nighttime, I'm like, Oh, hang on, I've got to go have dinner, I've got to sit down and I've got no distractions. Like, oh, so I can, uh, uh, I, Brian's email, I gotta get an extra cup of coffee. So I, I yeah. do I do get carried away. Um and you know, I know people don't necessarily read it every week and it's fine, but I, I do like to write. I do like to share. And uh, hopefully, you know, people will want to buy my book because of that. And I mean, the book is basically, you know, when I put the book together, I went through all my blogs of the last five years and I, I sorted them into chapters. You know, this one will be in original source and this one will be in the creative chapter and this one will be in multi-channel marketing. And so I and then, you know, as I worked through with my editor, we we expanded on it and tighten some stuff up, obviously, but because it, it, I, I remember when I decided to write a book, I said, oh, I'll just throw my blogs together and throw them in a book. And I realized you can't do that. You know, it just becomes, <laughs> I mean, it becomes all disparate. And uh, so I'm glad I was able to get most of my blogs up until like last August into this, um, into this book. And, you know, I'm still writing every week and I'm really enjoying it. So it's, it's, uh, it's very fulfilling. And it's very fulfilling, you know, having a tribe, you know, having an audience that looks forward to it, whether they read it or not, you know, they're enthusiastic about it. I don't think I hard sell anytime, but I do, you know, I only sell educational materials that are, and again, it's not, it, it's never really a hard sell. Um, and when I sell somebody else's stuff, it's only because it's either free or it's whatever. And I just, you know, and I don't get anything for it because I want people to have more, more access to information. And, you know, and even when I've done, like somebody comes to me and has a, a free offer, but they were going to offer me an affiliate commission. I say I don't want the commission. I just want the offer because mm -hmm. I think that's a good offer for my list. So um, I think having that philosophy has helped me too, because not everybody can do that. I mean, and so mm -hmm. I, I understand, you know, if, your list can, can really make you a lot of money if you do affiliates. I think you should do affiliates that are somewhat related to what you do. I think you can get in a lot of trouble having affiliates that are way off from what your audience would expect. And I have a story about that in my book. But I think, you know, affiliates is one way to go. I just don't go that way. And it's fine. You know, I, I'm not I'm not anti-affiliate. I just don't do it. Yeah. 
No, I love that. Thank you so much for your time uh, this morning, Brian, over there, and hopefully the rain didn't distract us too much here in Perth. Um, but thank you so much for uh, for joining us, and uh, we really appreciate your time. Okay, great. Thanks. Beautiful. Thanks, guys.